This is JC Talks, the Leadership Podcast, Episode 40 with me, your host, JC Hurtado Prater. Today, we're talking about the pursuit of greatness, part one. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. We're looking at this poem called If by Rudyard Kipling. I was reintroduced to it uh, just today, actually. And I said, I've got to dive on and we've got to talk about this on the podcast. Right now, we're in the middle of of looking at the book, Leadership, The Inner Side of Greatness by Peter Kostenbaum. But I want to take a, a quick pause and I want to look at this poem today, If. And we're calling this series, this short series here, The Pursuit of Greatness, because that's what this poem's all about. And here's what I believe in life. You as leaders... Uh, myself as a teacher, as a leader, our job is to reach our full and highest potential in life. So let's dive in here. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. So what does that mean? The bombs are going off around you. The world is exploding. In leadership terms, maybe there's something going on. You know, we just came through the, you know, coronavirus crisis. We're still in it. In a lot of ways, businesses are still recovering. When things are going on around you in the external world, within your context, and what this is saying is to keep your wits about you, keep your head, remain calm, cool, and collected. But not only when everything's going on around you, but when other people around you, other leaders and team members, and this happens a lot. If you've led before, you know this, that things are, you know, bombs are going off, things are happening and circumstances in the economy and all this stuff's not happening. And you've got people that are, you know, going haywire and they're losing it. But what's even worse as a leader, you understand this, that people blame you, right? You get in that position where people, you are the leader, you're the pinnacle, And so in our society today, we just love to blame. You know, I've talked about this before in my master's program. One of the things I appreciated about it was that it was systems thinking. It was all about systems thinking, which means if something goes right in the system, somewhere within the system, if somebody does a great job, we'll look at the system. What in the system empowered that? And then repeat that for the other employees. If someone didn't do so well, and something didn't happen or product didn't happen the right way or process broke down, look at the system first. Often what we want to do is we want to look at the person and then we fire, we point, aim, shoot, fire, right? Blame is a really big thing. But here's the deal. As a leader, a lot of blame is going to be put on you. When something in your organization goes wrong and maybe you had nothing to do with it, you weren't even there when it happened. But the blame's put on you, something within your team, something within a product that you're leaving or a project that, that you're leading, uh, maybe on a personal level, something within your family, something with, with one of your kids or something. And people are pointing, well, what a horrible parent. Are you kidding me? I did everything I could to be a great parent. That kid, you know, they made it, they made it their own decision, right? I mean, we can think that way. But here's what it's saying is keep your head about you. 
when the world around you is crashing down around you, storms are going around, uh, you storms are happening, lightning, thunder, bombs going off, all that stuff. You keep your head, you remain calm, cool, collected, centered, centered. And even when people start blaming it on you, you still remain that centeredness and you don't respond. Now, the poem doesn't say this, but I, I would say this. Don't respond right away, at least at some point. You know, if you're being you know, blamed for something that literally is or, you know, really has nothing to do with you and it's not your fault, then at some point you need to step up and say something. But right away, keep your kid, you know, keep your cool, keep your head. Next two lines, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you. But make allowance for their doubting, too. That's that's major. So this idea of trusting yourself, self-reliance, you've got this. This comes back to this idea, in my opinion, that we all need to understand what our purpose, our vision, our mission, our principles and our values are. We've got to know all of that. Because if we know those things about ourselves, we can go in a certain direction and not get uh sidetracked by a lot of great opportunities that may come. And we can learn to trust ourselves, even when people doubt us. And so we go about making decisions and they're looking at us and they, and, and they don't know that you've spent six months or a year, or two or three years, whatever it is, figuring out what your purpose is, what your vision is, what your mission is, what your values are, what your principles are. And you know exactly why you're making the decision you're making and they can't understand it. And so they lose trust, especially as a leader. Maybe your team hasn't done all the work that you've done on this. Now, again, as a leader, if you're doing a great job, you're communicating all of this so that they're not surprised by anything. That's really important. But even in the communication, they could still say, boss, I I don't understand why you're doing this. But if you know who you are, you are centered. goes back to what we're talking about. You can keep your head about you. You are centered, right? There's a trust that you have in yourself. And that's one of the most important things to gain is trust in yourself. Trust in others. Now, I think it does start with trusting others as a kid, right? As a young child, if we learn not to trust adults, somehow, and I don't have time to go into all that in this podcast, somehow we we figure we can't trust ourselves, right? So, so there's something about that. But, but I'll tell you one of the quickest ways to lose trust in yourself is by breaking commitments you make to yourself. Small commitments that you make every single day. I'm going to get up on time tomorrow. Well, I hit snooze six times. I'm going to make sure I eat a, a vegan diet where I, you know, I focus on good proteins or, you know, again, I'm throwing these out there. But then by Monday, you're eating sweets and you're eating meat and you're, you know, well, that's a breakdown of you know, trust. Every single time in life that we make a commitment to ourselves and we break that commitment, we lose trust with ourselves. So if we want to be in this moment when we can trust it, and I think of Captain Solly who landed the plane on the Hudson River in New York City. Great story. If you haven't heard it, go Google it. Captain Solly or Scully. Captain Scully. There was a great interview where he talks about this idea that it didn't just happen right then and there. That trust, right? And I'm sure everybody was looking at him like, well, are you crazy? You're landing a plane uh, on the Hudson River? You're nuts. You're going to kill everybody. Of course, in that you know situation, you're probably dead anyway, right? So he's thinking, here, here's the best I knew how to do. But who lands a plane on water? That's not something you're necessarily trained to do. But he was able to pull on 40 plus years of self-trust. And this is, I guarantee you, this is a man who had kept commitments to himself over 40 years. And so when the time came and he needed to trust himself, 
and not worry about what anybody else was saying or thinking or what, you know, all the thoughts that could have been going through his head. He said, this is what I got to do. I got to land this plane right here on the Huston River. It's a great example, but I guarantee it didn't start on that day. He didn't get in the plane that day and say, I can land this plane. I can trust myself to do it. No, it took him a long time to get there. So this idea of trust, keeping commitments to yourself so that when men doubt you, when, when, when people, your team doubts you, when the people you lead doubt you, you're able to maintain because you know, you know that this is the right decision. But the next line says this, but make allowance for their doubting too. Understand that it's okay for them to doubt you. Understand that secure leadership is, is allowing people to have their feelings and to not get hurt by it and not get offended by it, but say, you know what? It's okay. It's okay that they have these feelings and allowing them to be that. I've seen so many you know, leaders out there who try to lead a company and then they've got that one employee or one team member who starts pushing back. And what do they do? Well, within six weeks, that team member is gone. As opposed to as the leader saying, you know what? It's okay for them to have their doubts. It's okay for them to question my leadership. It's okay for them to ask questions, maybe not question the leadership. You know, if you're questioning leadership, that's a deeper issue. And there's probably more that needs to be, you know, discussed there uh, within the entire situation. So, so that's a whole nother thing there. If you're questioning leadership, more than likely there have been a lot of really bad decisions that have been made. And so now a person has reached the point where they're saying, I don't trust you in a position of leadership, but a choice it's okay if someone questions your choices or questions your line of thinking about a certain subject. And we have to make allowance for that. And it goes on to say this, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, that's powerful. It's all about patience. So it's saying right here, not only are we asking you on this pursuit of greatness to wait, but then don't be tired of waiting. That's one of the hardest things to do. If you're driven like I am and, you know, you've got ideas and you've got things you want to make happen and then you're sitting in the waiting room, as I call it, that's a really hard place to be. But how do we do it? Well, we figure out how to make our time work within the waiting room and we make the best of the best use of our time while we're there because it says this, don't be tired by the waiting. So that means in some ways we're pressing into the waiting. And we're saying, you know what? I don't understand all of this. I don't get all of this, but I'm going to go ahead and go with this. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm, 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 I'm going to sit in the waiting. I'm going to sit in this uh, time of patience and learn what needs to be learned. I will tell you this from a uh, personal you know, perspective. This year, when I'm recording this, is 2021, is one of the greatest years of transitions I've ever been in in my entire life. It is hard. In so many different ways, it is extremely hard. I've got some pretty cool things. I think they're going to be working themselves out. And I'll tell you more about that here in the next few weeks. But for right now, it's not easy. And so I am learning to sit and be patient in the waiting, because I will tell you this. I have learned more about myself. I've learned about more about other people. I've learned more about life itself this year, more than any other year combined. It's so much because this year I'm actually allowing myself to sit in the waiting. I can't really say here that I'm not tired by the waiting. And so I have some work to do myself, but I will say that I am learning how to do this and learning how to be patient and learning that the more we wait, the more we face rejections in life, the more we have to, you know, readjust and reassess and, you know, all those things the more confidence we have, the more self-reliance we gain when we can walk through hard days and hard choices and hard moments 
and still come out the other side alive. So if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, and then I love this next one, these next two lies, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating. And here's what this is saying. People are going to lie about you. It's going to happen. People are going to lie. They're going to say things about you. They're going to hate on you. I'm a firm believer the higher you go, and if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you're on a journey towards personal mastery. People are going to lie about you. Uh, they're going to hate on you. They're going to talk crap about you. And what's amazing, because this is how people work, this is how human nature works. People are going to hear things about you and not even need to you know, find out if it's true, and they're going to believe that thing. It's, it's, it's like the, the telephone, right? You know, you get in telephone or what's that game where you go around the circle and someone whispers in somebody's ear and they whisper in the next person. By the time you get to the end, it's, it's a whole different story. That, that's going to happen to you. But here's what it's saying. When people lie on you, don't lie on them. Matter of fact, I would say just keep moving forward. Don't even worry about it. That's what the pursuit of greatness is. Or, or being hated. Don't give way to hating. So if someone hates on you, you don't hate back on them. A, a, a mastered person a man or woman who's pursuing personal mastery has one focus in life, and that's their purpose, and that's their vision, and that's their mission. That's three focuses, but you get the idea. All of those things are in front of you. They're not behind you. They're all in front. And so you're constantly looking at the direction you're going as opposed to stopping and thinking about where you are right now and all the haters and all the liars and all that. And, you and you know, it's amazing to me how caught up we can get in all of that kind of stuff or other people's stories and other people hating on other people. And, they're like, and we just get sucked up into that drama. And then we lose out on our own purpose, our vision, mission, principles, values. So go ahead and be hated. Be lied on. You focus on your purpose, your vision, your mission, where you're going. And yet, in this last line here, it says, don't look too good nor talk too wise. And I think that's just kind of a wisdom statement there. You know, people that look too good, they they draw the ire of other people. I don't know what that's about. You know, you walk into some rooms and uh, there's a great scene in the office where uh, Phyllis is one of the sales uh, salespeople and she's getting ready to go on a a trip and she takes someone with her. I forget who it was. Maybe it was Aaron. I don't know. There was something that 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 she took with her on this sales call and they got their hair all done up and they look just grotesque. And, and the other person's sitting there and she's like, why am I dressing like this? I think it was Jenna, maybe. She said, why am I dressing like this? And, um, well, Jenna Fisher, who played, and I forget the character in there. You know who I'm talking about. Why, uh, uh, why do I look like this? And then they walk into the, to the office and you recognize how brilliant Phyllis is because she dressed up ugly and grotesque like this because that's what the client's wife and daughters look like they had this wholesome, weird look about them. And, and, you know, and, and the other, the lower ranking salesperson in the room looked and kind of gave a wink, like, okay, this person knows what they're doing. That's, that's probably what it's talking about there. Don't look too good, nor talk too wise, right? Sometimes in life, I'm learning this, there can be a lot of wise things that, that we're thinking that just need to stay inside. And when we're younger and we feel like it needs to be said and we just shoot through and we shoot off at the hip, you know, a lot of times we make a lot of decisions. Sometimes it's better, even with wisdom that we have, just to stay quiet, right? And, you know, sometimes people have to learn it for themselves. But I'll tell you this, and I've learned this in life, maybe a little bit late, uh, but sometimes being a know-it-all, most of the time, most of the time being a know-it-all 
is one of the most annoying roles that you can have and people quickly turn off to you. So don't look too good. Don't talk too wise. We'll dive back into the pursuit of greatness next week. If by Rudyard Kipling. I'll see you then.